0: Welcome back, Bayside! <laughs> They're taking school spirit... The fun's just getting started! ...to the max.
1: This, this is gonna be awesome!
0: Save by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Save by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.
1: It's still, still really to be damn it, damn it. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Steel Real Talk Show, episode number 589 for May 27th, 2021. This is your AEW Double or Nothing Preview and Predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one half the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my host, the one-only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, can you believe this is the third installment of Double or Nothing, my friend?
0: No, that's that's quite impressive. I mean, some of us thought that—not us, but there are people out there that thought, "Hey, they might be one and done." Uh, some others thought, "Hey, this serial might start off and launch really well, and then they'll be done in a year." Uh, but to get to number three, I think that means you're uh, legitimized. I mean, that's you know, the world works in threes. Uh, so heck, that that to me says they're they're going to be around for a while, especially making moves and you got a big money guy. Yeah, double or nothing. I I I go all in again.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I like I like what you did there, going all in. Um, yep. I was literally thinking to myself as we were doing the intro. I'm like, is this the second one? I was like, no. You had MGM Grand obviously last year with Daly's Place, and now you're back at Daly's Place again, but the first time with fans uh, this Sunday. Uh, Props. Props to AW. I mean, the third annual Double or Nothing pay-per-view, this is what really catapulted it all for them, was Double or Nothing 2019, the debut of Jon Moxley, headlined by Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, the famous uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes match. This is uh, it's a pretty big deal for AW to be doing this. And, and, you know, I was wondering about this recently going into it, right? Like, we make a big deal about WrestleMania, and rightfully so. SummerSlam, big deal as well. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, big deal shows. Is this AEW's WrestleMania? Like, what is AEW's WrestleMania? Is it Double or Nothing? Is it All In? I feel like it's got to be one of those two. I, I'm going to go with Double or Nothing.
0: So, but isn't All In what kicked it off? So wouldn't that be kind
1: of their flagship? Well, All Out kicked it oh. off, right? No, and I mean, then, All
0: In was the first one, and then All Out was the second one.
1: No, no, no. All Out was, wait a minute. Yeah, I think you're right. Do I have it mixed up?
0: I think so because remember they were going all in betting on themselves.
1: You're right. Yes, you're right. Take that back. Then,
0: yeah,
1: all in I'll... was the non AW show that Tony Khan was present for and helped like catapult the entire uh, AW spectrum. Uh, and then Double or Nothing was the first official AW show, 2019, and then they had All uh, Out. Uh, back in September, and then they had like those minor shows that we hated, like Fight for the Fallen, and then there was Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Oh god, that was awful. Was that
0: the one with the with the uh, gaming guy in 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 the hardcore match, the non televised?
1: Yes. Hardcore? No, it was televised. It was like him versus Michael Nakazawa. It was awful.
0: Yeah. Horrible. But I guess Double or Nothing because they haven't changed the name. I guess Double or Nothing is their WrestleMania, but they don't really hype it up and promote it. Like, I mean, nobody really does anything like WWE, but even, you know, with, with TNA slash impact, you know, for a long time it was Slamboree. Um And then now what's the, what's the one we think it is now. That's their main one. Uh, uh, can't wait, remember. did
1: you call it Slambury?
0: Slamboree originally in TNA was like their big.
1: No, event. no, no. Slammiversary. Slambury was Slam- WCW. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. So Slammiversary. See, that,
1: we're both we're both screwing up the pay per view names here.
0: It's the lack of sleep for both of us.
1: True, true. Uh,
0: but Slammiversary is you know has always been kind of like TNA's go to event over the years, TNA slash Impact, and you know gets treated as such by TNA Impact. Where I don't know if they put the same emphasis on Double or Nothing like they do, you know, other like they don't treat it. Like it's a special. Like this is the one every year we build to this. They don't do that yet. And I mean, even WCW had Starcade, and then later in years, you and I talk about how Halloween Havoc felt like it was the big show. Like just AEW doesn't really build it like it's the special show. They build it like, yeah, it's a major pay per view, but it's not the pay per view.
1: See, it's funny. So I, I WWE easy WrestleMania obviously, WCW I think it's Starcade still. Um yeah. TNA Impact Wrestling, I feel like is bound for glory. I feel like Bound for Glory is their big show. I know you argued Slammiversary Um and then AEW is a toss up here, which you are see, I always get excited for WrestleMania, right? And and you were a you were growing up as an NWA WCW fan, so I can't really relate to the Starcade hype. But did you get hyped for Starcade when it was NWA WCW when you yeah, were growing Star-
0: up? Yeah, it, it kind of felt like everything built to Starcade, whether, you know, a flare for the goal or, or Dusty and flare or, you know, Sting and flare. Like, it didn't matter which, it's just, it does seem like it's flare a lot, but it, it always kind of felt like Starcade was similar to WWE and like that was the reset for the year. You know, like at, after that, the storylines kind of start over and kick off. Um, Sir, please put down the file. I do not need you cutting your hand. Oh, sorry. Um, little man decided he wanted to play with a razor blade all of a sudden. <laughs> hey,
1: who, who, who doesn't?
0: Yeah. I mean, we talk a little bit of wrestling and he's trying to do a blade job on me. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel like everything kind of built the starcade in, uh, and you're right. Battle for glory when it comes to impact is kind of like their big one now, but in the early days of TNA, it did build to slammiversary, um, even ring of honor, like ring of honor has their big pay-per-view, you know, like, uh but I'm blanking on it right now. This is your area. You're, you're the Ring of Honor guy. but
1: uh, Final Battle.
0: Final Battle. But like AEW does kind of feel like it's they have bigger pay-per-views and they have smaller pay-per-views and they build the big ones kind of the same way across the board, whether it's double or nothing or, or all-in slash
1: all-out. See, it's funny. As Dr. Trey is talking about this, you could tell he is like uh, doing dad work as we speak. Like, he yeah. is just like preventing the son from putting his finger into a socket as we talk about what is the red like that's that's dad life right there M- multitasking talking about what is the Wrestlemania equivalent for AW and getting a razor blade out of your uh, young son's hand that is that is hashtag dad life Dr. Trey so props to you Father's Day coming up soon feel free to hit him up at the Dr. Trey yeah I don't know I feel like it for AW it comes down to double or nothing it comes in down to all out uh, I feel like it's one of those two shows. I'm going to I'm gonna say here we are entering uh, the second full year of AEW, third installment of Double or Nothing. I'm going to go with Double or Nothing as the WrestleMania right now, Dr. Trey. I think that, to me, is their biggest show of the year, at least the show from an AEW fan's perspective that I get most hyped for. I'm going to go with Double or Nothing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I can't argue that point. It does... It does feel like that's the one. Like I said earlier, it's also the one they haven't changed the name. You know, they haven't tweaked it at all. It's still the same event. Same kind of, you know, same principles involved, basically. Um, Where you have the other ones, like, all in, change the all out for the second one. The other shows are kind of in between here and there. We do the special AEW shows, like, you know, on Dynamite, where it's a special presentation. And it kind of feels like a pay-per-view, but on, you know, free TV it it does feel like you know double or nothing is their biggest show of the year it's just that when you look at you know the way the show's been kind of built up it's kind of like well you guys made a lot of tweaks right before you got into this so it's not like we had like we have just a handful of long burning storylines but everything else has started in the last few weeks
1: you know what's uh, what's funny is i feel like AEW doesn't want to have a wrestlemania on their calendar. Like if you had to ask Tony Khan, and I don't know if he's been asked this in interviews. So this is just my, my, my logic and thinking if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Tony Khan, the way the AW does business is I think they would want their, what do they got? Double or nothing all out full gear revolution. So they have four big shows a year, the big four. I think they look at it as every one of those shows is equivalent to one another, which is right. It's understandable. But to me, longtime wrestling fan, I think you need one show that is the show of shows. Like we know when there's a a B show and a show for WWE, like you could have four a shows, but I think there needs to be an alpha male uh, or an alpha in general when it comes to the four big shows that AEW does each year. So I think double or nothing in May Memorial day weekend to me, it's like, it's kind of old school, right? Starcade used to always be Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever weekend Uh, WrestleMania always seems to fall in and around Easter. They kick off to spring break. Uh, double or nothing's falling around Memorial Day weekend. All out does fall all around uh, Labor Day weekend, but I do think it's important for AW to, have to one of those shows where it's like this is the show of shows. Um, so that's why I go with double or nothing. But I think ultimately, w- Doctor Trey AW doesn't want any of their shows to be different than one another.
0: Yeah, and and that's an interesting marketing strategy because I mean you look at WWE like there. You say the you know old school the big four. You look at Rumble, Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania. They all have distinct themes to them. You know, even WCW. we look at like the Great American Bash and Starcade and Halloween Havoc, and you know, a couple, They all had distinct flavor and feel to them. And even, you know, you look at, uh, you know, New Japan. They, their their bigger shows have distinct feels to them. Ring of Honor. There's sort of distinct feels to them, and they do all kind of have that build up to that big show like New Japan builds every year to get to Wrestle Kingdom you know that's it's no different than anybody else so um, but in the sense of business things are quarterly so every three months so you want to have four big pay-per-views to even the quarterly reports out but at the end of the year you still want to have that big payoff that big payday that you can kind of bank on every year and I still think they need that anchor program that yes everything is building to double or nothing or everything is building to you know, Revolution or Full Gear or whichever one they want to decide on down the road. I still think you need that anchor point to reset every single year based on the, the fallout and results of that show.
1: Be interested in what we think if, these, uh, if this card is equivalent to a big show later on when we preview and predict AW Double or Nothing coming to you this Sunday, which was a Saturday. Uh, going back to the Saturday dates, but, uh, it looks like a W sticking with Sundays now for the time being, when it comes to their shows, uh, Dr. Trey, we talked about on last week's show in regards to if WWE should return to their old style of touring. Um, there was belief at the time that WWE would be announcing a upcoming tour. There were rumors that July 16, 17 week, 18 weekend was going to be the kickoff to it. And WWE confirmed it, uh, last Friday morning, shortly after this podcast dropped, uh, 12 hours earlier, this comes to us via Wrestling Inc. It was announced last Friday morning that a 25-city tour will begin on Friday, July 16th with a live smackdown at the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. The Money the Bank pay-per-view will then take place on Sunday, July 18th at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, followed by a live Raw on July 19th from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. WWE will be announcing the rest of the tour stops and on-sale dates in the coming weeks. It was noted that the 25-city schedule will run through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 6th. These will be WWE's first regular-ticketed event since March 2020. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, WrestleMania 37 was held this past April with fans in the crowd. So, Dr. Trey, we have the first official announcement. WWE, for the first time since March 2020, outside of WrestleMania 37, going back on the road, uh, officially back to touring. I'm excited. This is uh, a sign of hope that wrestling fans and people in general have been looking for. It'll be very nice to see wrestling fans in a... Full capacity WWE arena uh, in less than two months' time, beginning with uh, Money in the Bank weekend.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's you know a big first step for WWE, and I think part of it was, and I don't know if he was even talk about this. I think part of it was what was the fallout from WrestleMania going to be when you had you know that many people uh, in, in the building, you know, in somewhat close proximity. Was there going to be an outbreak? Was there going to be something that comes up that puts the kibosh on touring? And I haven't seen any reports of, of COVID outbreaks from, you know, in the Tampa area from, from WrestleMania. So I think right now they're looking at like, OK, well, that was the first big, you know, first baby step. Uh, everybody seems to have come out of it OK. So let's go ahead and move forward. And, you know, Texas is uh, one of those states that's kind of wide open right now. So. Uh, if you can get the, if you can get the group down there and they're kind of staying in close proximity to each other. It's not like, you know, the old days where SmackDown would be in California and Raw's out in, you know, Connecticut. You know, it's, it's the group's kind of staying together where it's, it's the old Oregon Trail, Jeff. All, all the, uh, the wagons are kind of staying together as they traverse Texas. So, uh, it's a good, it's a great sign to kind of see is that, Hey, we're, we're finally coming out of this and getting back to, uh, the new normalcy.
1: Yeah, we, we've needed these last couple of weeks really here, at least on the United States side of things, where you're kind of like tiptoey still. You're definitely concerned and worried about, well, like the legitimacy of these vaccines, how long you can be protected. Is it really going down? Are we going to see the shoe, other shoe drop? And so far, so good here in the United States. Like, we're starting to see things ease up. Uh, personally, I've been easing up uh, myself. Uh, it's... It's it's nice to see. So this is this is definitely some you know hope in it all that we'll eventually get out of this entire thing uh, unscathed as much as or no more unscathed uh, as we typically have been. And this is a sign of of getting things back to normal and going back to AWW. Or nothing. The word is that that will be a full capacity house on Sunday night, which will be just kind of wild to see. It's from a television standpoint. Haven't seen it. In a while, I, I was watching the uh, New York Knicks game on Wednesday night during the uh, NBA playoffs for the first time in like nine years. And Madison Square Garden, homes of WrestleMania, was packed. It was full capacity. And it was weird watching it on television. And it felt normal as time went on. And it almost felt like the last 14 months didn't happen where, you know, three months ago, that would have been a wild scene to see that. So we're, we're getting there. And it's exciting to see. And there's still some apprehension of, of it all and just making sure nobody gets sick still and all that stuff. But it, it appears at least in the U.S. That, that we're coming out of it on the other side, finally, after a very, very long time. I, I feel like at some point, Dr. Troy, we should do an entire show uh, looking back at wrestling during the pandemic era. Maybe that'll be a topic that we do during the uh, a special show. You know, in in like a 4th of July weekend or something, because I I just feel like out of the 11 years we've been doing the show, 489 straight weeks of doing this podcast, the last 14 months have been some of the most insane things that we've ever had to cover here uh, on this podcast.
0: Yeah, and we've covered (laughs) like, you know, companies closing up, companies getting sold, companies starting up. You know, people dying, people giving birth, people retiring, people making you know, dramatic comebacks. Uh, so we've covered everything in the last eleven years of wrestling. So to, to get to what we just went through these last fourteen months, yeah, it was uh, strange, awkward. Uh, just there's no real way to put it into words yet because I think we're still kind of processing. It. Like you mentioned, the Knicks game there night, like I, I kind of I caught part of that game as well, and you know the first. Five or ten minutes of watching the game, I'm still going. There's not a lot of masks in the crowd, and then they're, they're kind of close together. Like you still get that. Your your mind has to readjust back to what the normal was fifteen months ago. And then you know, about halfway through the game, like you said, like you, it's kind of like, oh yeah, like you're just caught up in the in the game and the crowd and everything else. But there are still those moments where you're looking at something going that that can't be right because it's not what we've done for the last year and a half it's something completely different so it's going to take that time to kind of transition over and kind of get back to the way things used to be
1: yeah it's 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 going to be a while it's it's definitely going to be a while uh to feel normal again but this is the baby step so maybe by the time we get to that weekend in july it'll feel relatively normal with all the things that are going around us uh, as we speak uh, moving along here in regards to this tour, obviously there's a backstage reaction to the news where WWE stars uh, of the like, how they feel about this. Uh, from Wrestling Inc., they said there are said to be mixed reactions to the return of touring within WWE. It was reported by PWN that there's a lot of excitement about going back on the road among those on the roster. Some wrestlers are hopeful for pay increases due to merchandise royalties from live events. Some of the WWE roster being cautious with their expectations when it comes to how the shows will draw amid the COVID-19 pandemic. There are said to be a lot of inter- internal interest in how tickets to the initial shows will sell when they go on sale this past Wednesday, yesterday, especially Money in the Bank, since it's a pay-per-view event. Uh, according to reports right now, they're, while all three shows, those initial shows, are, are not uh, sold out, uh, they are selling well. So it appears that... Uh, Even despite what we were talking about last week, Dr. Trey, where we don't think the old uh, style of touring is the right thing to do for WWE superstars, their health, their mental well-being, their physical well-being. It appears that the superstars themselves want to get back on the road and have some of that uh, taste of uh, what they were accustomed to pre-pandemic.
0: You know, it's weird that this came up in my memories on Facebook where, you know, last May I was sitting here and we had no wrestling at all. You know, for the for the independents, and I was like, you know, I, the biggest thing I missed was that live interaction with the crowd. Um, and and even now, like you get out in the ring, and and some of our crowds are down because people are still very cautious about live events. But having that reaction and getting that immediate feedback to what you're doing is, is an integral part of wrestling. Um, so I think a lot, like we saw it at WrestleMania, people coming out and seeing the crowd and taking that moment to soak it all in and that that energy that you get from a crowd whether it's positive or negative how that actually affects your performance in the match you're having and and being able to adjust on the fly during a match to make sure that hey well, we're giving them we're giving the crowd what they want during this match um, there's going to be trepidation because, I mean we've gone 14 months really with only one live crowd in WWE so I'm sure there are people that are nervous and people are looking at going you know, am I really over because we haven't had a crowd, you know, we haven't had crowd feedback? Am I, is my push going to get derailed if the crowd doesn't like me? There's, there's going to be that nervous energy, but I, to me, it's, it's worth the risk. And, and like you mentioned, like you mentioned during the in, the, in that report, like merchandise sales, getting that merchandise sales at the venue is a big part of wrestlers' payoffs. So getting that live crowd back in there getting the crowd on your side, selling those t-shirts, selling those action figures. It, it's a big part of, of paychecks and royalties. So, uh, like, I said, I'm sure there's some nervous energy going around, but I think it's much more positive than negative. I mean, there's always going to be people who are like, I really don't, you know, who, who take the pandemic super seriously. And the sense of, I don't know if I, if it's safe, but you know, like I said before, if, if WrestleMania can pack in, you know, 90,000 people over two nights, and not an outbreak. I don't see why this tour would be any less safe than what WrestleMania was.
1: So with this upcoming tour, uh, you have to figure that WWE will be rolling out the red carpet in a major way. There's been rumors. Uh, I guess Edge is being in uh, in in like in the markets there. He's being uh, promoted to being at those shows. So it looks like Edge is going to be returning. And then there's also a huge name that reportedly will be making their way back to WWE just in time for this return to live touring Uh, during money the bank weekend and that person being the man himself one and only john cena from wrestling inc there were unconfirmed rumors going around on friday this past friday that said john cena's wwe return was set to coincide with wwe's return to the road in july beginning with money the bank weekend in an update it was reported by f4w online.com that cena's return is still being discussed for the first show back with fans in the crowd which would be the july 16th edition of wwe smackdown on fox airing live from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Dr. Trey, I, this is something that uh, I think longtime wrestling fans had to see coming, that WWE was going to do something big with that first show, Friday Night SmackDown. John Cena, potentially Edge. Maybe they – you know I, I feel like this is going to be like a season premiere-type episode like they did for SmackDown on Fox with The Rock coming back. I, I don't know if necessarily they would have The Rock come back, but being in Texas – uh, there's a Rattlesnake that certainly is around there that may be available to come on that show. Uh, I think it's going to be a very memorable edition of SmackDown, um, and uh, having someone like John Cena there certainly helps make that a very special edition of SmackDown. Your thoughts here on the rumors of John Cena potentially returning during Money in the Bank weekend?
0: Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We haven't seen him since his match with The Fiend at, at WrestleMania. So, you know, it, it's... Pull out all the stops. I mean, this is, you know, the relaunch of the tour and everything else. So I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, Edge and John Cena have history. Like, maybe very few tandems uh, ever have before, like rivals. Um, I mean, you could argue that Edge may be Cena's biggest rival, maybe Edge or Orton, uh, in the history of, of Cena's career. So, you know, you get Edge on the show, you get you know Cena on the show, you throw on the Roman Reigns into it as well i mean that's that that's the makings of a pretty good uh, kickoff for the live tour events um so i'm, I'm excited for it and, and hopefully uh he trims his hair up a little bit so he looks less like jbl
1: yeah his new hairstyle looks really weird <laughs> i mean really really weird but he, uh
0: i was like can he write in on the cow from the experian commercials
1: he possibly could. I mean, thankfully for John Cena, he he made those comments about China and Taiwan like two months before his room would return to WWE because I feel like the way things go nowadays, like if he did that uh, like a week out, he's, he's not showing up on SmackDown. Like there's no way WWE runs him out there. He runs out there uh, to do that. So uh, it's it's certainly a very fun time. Uh, rumored John Cena edge uh as well coming back i mean you got to feel like this is going to be an all-out stop show right dr trey like this is this is going to be a, a big big deal i feel like from wwe's standpoint
0: oh like you mentioned Cena and edge and you mentioned texas rattlesnake you know there's a guy that just retired uh that lives in texas there's a former dx member that shades his head you know that lives in texas i mean it's they could literally bust out the all hands on deck routine to really kick this off and, and make their presence felt because, you know, like we mentioned, like WWE doesn't, you know, nobody promotes a show like WWE. Uh, nobody's going to out-promote them when it comes to going back on the road either. I think they're going to pull out all the stops to get fans excited about being back in the building. Uh, I, I can't wait to see the fans back in the building. I can't wait to see signs and chants and everything else. Although. The first time I get a "this is awesome" champ for what is a three star match, I probably will be like, yep, I'm I'm good. We can go back to Thunderdome. I'm fine." Now
1: that's true. We talked about WrestleMania 37, the 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 welcome there, the welcome back from Vince McMahon and and the entire crew being on the stage was a pretty emotional moment. Uh, I compared it somewhat to uh, the 9 11 memorial uh, tribute show two days after 9 11 2001. I do think, as as a as a wrestling fan, there's going to be a, a big sense of emotion behind this. I mean, this this past year, the last 14 months has has not been easy on anybody. Listening to this show, uh, the both of us, I mean, it has not been like this has affected every single person from last name A to Z, and getting these moments back, where whether it's your favorite sports team having a full arena. um or being able to go see a movie in a movie theater, or as us as wrestling fans being able to sit down, watch television and, and just see fans in the arena for the first time in a really long time, a full capacity uh, fan base that is um, do you think it's going to have that same emotional weight on it when, when we get close to it in the next six to seven weeks?
0: Yeah, I, I think it in, in right now it's still kind of like new and it's an idea and it sounds great, and there's going to be that nervous energy, but once reality sets in, and you start seeing the trucks, and you start seeing all, all the uh, all the stuff getting loaded up and getting prepared, and the road crews back out there, you start seeing all that stuff, I think that's when that reality kind of sits in for all the performers, and same thing for the crowd, like, it's going to be that nervous energy, like, we haven't done this in a long time, and But I think it's kind of like riding a bike. Like once it goes live and we're back in the swing of things, I think everybody's going to just fall right back into what we were doing 15 months ago.
1: Yeah, I feel like once I hear what chance, um, I'm going to quickly forget that I uh, missed watching wrestling fans uh, every single week on my television. Uh, Big news coming out of the Raw announced team this past Tuesday morning. Dr. Trey, as Ann and Virk and WWE have parted ways. Uh, from Wrestling Inc. WWE announced that they have mutually parted ways with Adnan Verk. WWE statement reads as follows: WWE and Adnan Verk have mutually agreed to part ways. WWE thanks Adnan for his work. Uh, Adnan released the following statement shortly thereafter: Thanks to at WWE for a wonderful opportunity. This weekly travel, along with my other jobs, was a grind for me and my family. I'm grateful to everyone with the company, especially at WWE Graves and at Byron Saxon for being such fantastic teammates. Verk wrote. And, and oh, took over the reins on Raw announcing the night after WrestleMania 37, replacing Tom Phillips. More on him in a bit. Uh, but overall, I think he lasted five weeks. Uh, and then Verk was uh, a very successful personality in ESPN and the MMBA Network. Um, I don't know. I felt like I wish I, I saw some more from him. Obviously, people were definitely trashing him, not having a, a background. But I felt like he was someone as the time went on would, would certainly. Get the hang of it, but uh, this was not good for either side. Doctor Trey, your thoughts here? As uh, there's been a big shakeup on the Raw announced team just shortly after five short weeks.
0: Yeah, it it, it sucks, Um in the sense of I, I feel bad for Addon. Addon's a great you know guy on on Sports Center on ESPN radio and, and television. Uh, making the jump to WWE is not easy, especially when you don't have that wrestling background in it you struggle kind of figuring out like, so why is this move called this? Or why do they call themselves this? You know, stuff like that. It takes it, an adjustment period. And I thought, you know, week one was bad. And I thought week five, he did much better. Um, you know, so he was progressing. It's just, you know, trying to find that voice of raw, uh, has been a struggle for WWE. I mean, outside, you know, we go from Jim Ross to Michael Cole, but in the middle there, there's been a lot of other start and stop. So, uh, trying to find that anchor voice that, that people, you know, clamor to and become the voice of the next generation uh, has, has been a struggle for WWE to kind of find and, and nail down that person for them.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's this is probably going to be a popular thing to say uh, for a WWE front office perspective. But ever since like Jim Ross, right? I mean, Michael Cole did a very good job, but I just feel like Michael Cole, Jim Ross have been the anchors there. And I do want to say some stuff about Tom Phillips here momentarily, but uh, there's a big story about him. But I just feel like they have never really found that one true voice of Raw, maybe just outside of, of Michael Cole in recent memory, Dr. Trey.
0: Yeah, and really, if you were to say, you know, when you think of, Mike, when you think of Michael Cole, who do you, what show do you think of? I, I still think of Michael Cole being SmackDown. Like, I don't think of Michael Cole being the voice of Raw. I, I yeah. think of Michael Cole being the voice of SmackDown. So, I mean, it's it's been a struggle. And and part of it to me is that as much as WWE tries not to be regional, you still kind of need that blue-collar-sounding guy on Monday Night Raw. You get these much more professional-sounding broadcasters that don't have a wrestling background. It doesn't come off right. It, it it sounds forced at times. And, you know, then they struggle with it. Then it gets in their head, and it makes it kind of worse. I mean, we've seen... You know, we're now what on our third that was our third lead raw broadcaster since uh SmackDown with the Fox. I mean that's that's not a good track record or three guys.
1: No, my dog is really pissed off actually. Uh <laughs> about about the changes for Raw announced team. It it's either on Doctor Trey's side it's it's always his son Sammy or my dog that's always yeah. Commenting in the background of our podcast, uh, the replacement has been revealed. Uh, it was announced on Wrestling Inc., uh, but not—I don't think it's been formally announced by WWE yet. But um, former UFC and American Ninja Warrior announce, announcer Jimmy Smith is set to join the WWE Raw announcer and replace Annan verk as a lead announcer, beginning with the May 31st episode, according to F4WOnline.com. Smith has been working with Michael Cole and other WWE staffers as of late to train for a potential announcing role. Coles reportedly praised Smith heavily and found him to be very versatile. Smith started doing work for WWE during NXT TakeOver Stand on Liver Weekend and recently appeared in the video package type Finn Balor vs. NXT Champion Karrion Cross this past Tuesday. The 43-year-old Smith is best known for his run with Bellator MMA from 2010 to 2017. He worked as an analyst with Bellator and UFC, hosts Unlocking the Cage show on Sirius, which is just an awful name for a show, and hosts ESPN International's UFC Fight Camp show, Smith retired, retired from MMA in 2007 with a 5-1 record. Uh, I don't know him well enough, Dr. Trey. However, I did watch him on uh, NXT Stand and deliver pre-show. I thought he did a fantastic job both nights, WrestleMania weekend. He was involved in that package for uh, the Caring cross Finn Balor hype. Thought he did a good job with that. I don't know how that translates quite yet over to the Raw announced team. But they've, uh, they've obviously made their choice as to who's going to lead Raw from Annan Verk from this point forward.
0: If he's the same guy from American Ninja Warrior, I like him. I watch American Ninja Warrior. That's how I first learned about Casey Cannizzaro. Um, I'm just glad. Sammy Sammy apparently likes him also. Uh, And he's just competing for attention with your dog now as well. Uh, So. So, He's literally like trying to climb on me right now as we talk about this. Uh, But as long as it's not the, uh, the brother of Akbar, Gabaja Gabaja that used to play for the Packers because that, yep. um, that guy's on American Ninja Warrior as say trying to be an American Ninja Warrior uh, I think he's a fine announcer I just I hope I mean having an MMA background is great um, but it's still not the same as knowing your wrestling stuff I mean he at least you know when a guy does a Kimura he knows what that is and the different UFC moves but you know when, when you know fun or when a uh, Kofi hits the, the Trouble in Paradise. Is he gonna call it a Trouble in Paradise or a spinning roundhouse kick? You know, there you do have to maintain that sense of wrestling folksiness when you're calling a show for the fans to really kind of get that. Otherwise they're sort of pick you apart like they do Michael Cole on SmackDown every single Friday night.
1: Oh, when I heard the news about Virk, I immediately thought, Oh, well they're gonna to have Tom Phillips back in the booth on on Monday. They shouldn't have removed him. Uh, Story today, Thursday morning, according to reports, Tom Phillips has been also released by WWE. So Tom Phillips, according to reports, nine years with WWE, voice of NXT, Raw, SmackDown at different times, two five live recently, um, released from his contract uh, from WWE. Doctor Trey, I always enjoyed Tom Phillips work. I, I don't know how you felt about him, but I thought Tom Phillips was a very underappreciated announcer in WWE. I enjoyed him with his time with NXT. Uh, I enjoyed him on SmackDown with Mauro Ranallo. When he, then he took over for Mauro Ranallo when he unfortunately left. And then when he went over to Raw, he did. I thought he did great. I thought he was really good in that position. And he got shafted both times. And, and I'm a big Vic Joseph fan now that he's with NXT. But Vic Joseph replaced him on Raw, which I thought, you know, poor Tom Phillips got the, the bad end of the stick there and had to go to NXT UK. And I think then he was doing um, 205 Live for that as well. And then Vic Joseph wasn't doing well. Then Tom Phillips came back in during Royal Rumble 2020. And then he gets replaced by a guy who worked for ESPN and now works at the MLB network. And then he gets released. Like it, I mean, Michael Cole is definitely number one in WWE, but I would argue that I thought Tom Phillips was the second best announcer in WWE. Um, and I enjoyed his work. I thought he would have been a nice, I felt like he was the next Michael Cole at some point. And, and maybe, I'm hyping him up too much, but I, I really enjoyed Tom Phillips' work. I, I don't think he gets a ton of appreciation for what he was able to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I mean Phillips like I have a mixed thing with Tom Phillips. Like and I, I think it's the Corey Graves. Like when he was in NXT with Graves, I thought he was fantastic. Um and then when he was on SmackDown with, with Morrow and and everything else, I thought he was good there too. I just it kind of felt like when they went when he went to Raw. It kind of felt like he didn't have that experienced guy or that witty guy to kind of play off of. When Joe came over onto the announced team, he got much better. But it, for me, sometimes it felt like when he was on Raw, he kind of came off as um, 2 a.m. infomercial guy, where when he was with, with Phillips or, or me, when he was with Graves or Morrow, he felt more natural. So, but you, to me, I, I you can go back when, you know, Michael Cole first got the WWE, I would have said the same thing. Like there were certain people that he could play off of and they sounded fantastic. And there are certain guys that he works with and he doesn't sound that great. So, um, but yeah, like there really wasn't a lot of depth around him cause I'm not a big, big Joseph guy either. I just think a lot of these guys kind of look the same, sound the same. And it's kind of like cookie cutter with some of these uh, WWE announcers. It's like, it takes, some, it takes someone to really stand out from the pack and separate themselves. I think I think Pat McAbee's doing great. I think the color commentary, guys, is a little bit easier because most of those guys are used to being around a microphone, a wrestling crowd, everything else. Uh, but when you're a lead announcer and you're trying to balance that play-by-play sound passionate but sound informative, it's a very tricky uh, tightrope to walk.
1: Yeah, it just seems like they can't uh, find the right person outside of Michael Cole. And now they passed the baton over to Jimmy Smith, who's never called a wrestling event ever. So we'll have to see where things go. I mean, they've certainly gone through their announcers over the past 10 years, more than I could ever remember. Um, oh, there's there's Tom Phillips, Mauro uh There was that guy, Rich. He came with like a B, Dr. Trey. He was with NXT for a period of time. Do you remember him? No. <laughs> like Bocelli or something? I feel like I'm saying this wrong. I know he does announce he for Warrior wrestler now, Wrestling now, but uh, yeah, wild just how this has been going on for for a while. Uh, all right, let's move it on here. Uh, there's a big name over in NXT, former NXT champion that reportedly wants to make a return to the main roster, and that person's name is the one and only Finn Balor who recently lost... To Karrion cross this past Tuesday night, that that final ten minutes of that match was I thought incredible, so much fun uh, to watch that uh, back and forth between Finn Balor and Karrion cross. And I said I, I felt like it was Karrion cross's best NXT match that I've seen over the past since he came over the brand the past year plus. Uh, this comes to us from Wrestling Inc. Again, it was reported by today by Wrestle Votes that members of the Raw creative team have asked Finn Balor have asked for Balor to return for months now. However, no edict because has come down from the top to pull Balor from NXT, at least of this week. It was also said that the NXT crew adores Balor, so unless the main roster has significant plans for him, he may end up staying where he is. Balor spoke with Ryan Satin of Fox Sports this week and said he would like to return to the main roster in the near future. Quote, I grew up as a wrestling fan watching WWE, and that's essentially where I want to be performing, Balor said. I feel I feel like my in my last run there, I wasn't doing myself justice. I needed to change something. The change came with NXT to kind of figure out who I was again. I've managed to do that to some level, and I'm definitely hopeful that a return to Raw or SmackDown will happen in the future. End quote. Balor's not been on the main roster since the summer of 2019. His last match came at SummerSlam 2019 when he lost to The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Dr. Trey, I, I think if there's a time, I mean, Raw's been looking for a fresh new baby face to run the top of that card. Um, Finn Balor, I think his time in NXT for the second go-round has, has reached it's boiling point to me and it's reached the end of it. And I think a return to the Raw brand specifically, I don't think it would he would work out well on SmackDown just because of the amount of clutter that's going on there at the top spots, I think it would be a welcome addition. I think it would be a nice, extremely nice reboot and refresh for, for Finn Balor on the Raw brand. What say you? Do you want Balor to leave NXT and head back to Raw?
0: Well, I'd like to see him back on one of the two main roster shows. I think you know he's arguably just... Ladies love Finn Balor. Like, I know for a fact that every time he comes on NXT TV, my wife will literally stop whatever she's doing to watch what he's doing in the ring. Um, he's also still has the demon character, which is highly marketable. Uh, the new, you know, the the new version, which is kind of the same as the pre WWE version, has done really well and it, it showed that he can work as a heel or a baby face. I think there's more depth to the Finn Balor character now than at any other point so far in his WWE career. So I think it makes a lot of sense to move him up. But once again, like you mentioned, you know, the clutter at the top of SmackDown, it's kind of the same thing on on Raw with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman and and those guys, like, where does he fit in? Because Raw kind of feels like the land of giants where SmackDown kind of feels like he might be able to slot in a little bit better when you look at the run that Roman just had with Cesaro and with Daniel Bryan and with Kevin Owens. I mean, that's a guy that Finn you know, those are guys that Finn matches up with pretty well and has had some compelling matches with. So uh, either brand, as long as it's it's put together properly, I think would be a great move for WWE as a whole.
1: Yeah, it's um I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time to move Finn from NXT. I think he's done a lot of great stuff for that brand and I think him going back to the main roster in a new fresh role would certainly be uh very welcoming. So I welcome Finn Balor back hopefully to the Raw brand. But uh, who knows? It, it appears it all depends on storyline, Doctor Trey. But I feel like when when it comes to the man himself, Vince McMahon, um, I think they need some. I need, think they need. I think they need some uh, depth up there, Doctor Trey. They, they need some depth on the Raw side, and getting Finn back in there can uh, can certainly do it. Because I've been a big fan of Drew, but I feel like the Drew Lashley stuff may be getting a little bit stagnant right now.
0: Well, when you look at, it, they had the big match over the past, you know, last summer. Then you come back, and we're now like on month three or four of this. It's like, okay, we it, it kind of has run its course. But you know, is is Braun the next guy? Is there somebody else ready to step step up and be the top baby face? You know, or or vice or vice versa? Is there somebody else that can step up and be the top heel on Raw? It, it does feel like it's kind of. Top heavy with Raw, and then the middle's pretty strong. Where SmackDown kind of feels a little more even all the way through the card. So a guy like Finn on Raw would help um, because you can kind of make some adjustments and tweaks to all that. But there's also a lot of people on Raw that they've never really pushed or used, or they start and stop, and, and then everything kind of you know stop, you know, just kind of dies off the vine. So uh, you know, the Drew's been the, the workhorse, and 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 the guy to carry raw for the last 14 months. Um, but yeah, every now and then you got to freshen things up and tweak some stuff out. And, you know, if Finn comes in and we're to challenge drew right away um, and meanwhile, you knew Lashley and Strowman or something, just one-on-one, I think that'd be a nice little freshen up to the card and kind of get people, uh, you know, into watching raw again. I think, you know, you got Matt Riddle, I think he'd be a big star on raw. You got Randy Orton, you know, those guys are kind of tied up in the tag division. Those are two other guys. You can always move back up to the main event spot as well.
1: Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter with the rumors of Finn Balor potentially making a return to the main roster here momentarily or pretty, pretty soon. All right, Dr. Trey, let's wrap up this week's edition of the show with AW Double or Nothing coming to us live this Sunday from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, the third installment of AW Double or Nothing, arguably what we look at as it being the WrestleMania of All Elite Wrestling, which I'm sure AEW and AEW fans would not like to hear. Uh, let's get into the uh, the pre-show match here. Serena Deeb defending the NWA World's Women's Championship against Riho. Um, I'm looking forward to this match, but I'm going to go with Serena Deeb uh, retaining the NWA World Women's Championship.
0: Has anyone star in AEW followed as much as Rios? Ugh. well but, she was away, right, due to the travel restrictions. Yeah, but even then since so she's come back like it's it's all Sheeta, and you know kind of forget about Rio and yet she's like the one like the one female that got an action figure in the very first set of AEW figures. But uh, I'm with you. I, to me this this screams Serena Deeb. Um so I'm I'm taking Serena to, to pick up the win over
1: Rio. Plus I don't think like someone who is well isn't Serena? Serena's AEW contracted? Um is she showing up on NWA Power? I don't watch NWA Power.
0: I, I need to. One, one of my best friends is on that show now, so I need to start watching it. But uh, I think she is on... They, they do feature her, but I think it's kind of like one of those like working relationship agreements. So um, I don't know if she ever actually got an official AEW contract, though. Oh,
1: right. So We're I don't know if she's kind
0: of like independ- one of those independent people that kind of float back and forth between the shows, but she has a working relationship, but it's kind of a, you know day-to-day type contract
1: Uh, next match here is the casino battle royale winner gets a future aw world championship match looking at the names in this uh, match dr trey there was one that stood out to me as the favorite unless it's tbd uh someone that is tbd i'm going to go with christian cage to uh, win this match and get a future aw world championship match which they kind of tease a little bit him versus kenny omega at some point soon so i'm gonna go with christian what if tbd is the big show god that would be bad that'd be bad (laughs) I like Big Show, love him, but that would be bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he's got a he's got a contract to be a wrestler and an announcer. But I, I, to me, it'd be great to see him in it. But I don't want him doing it. I, I'm with you. I'm taking Christian Cage as well. Um, these these Battle Royals for AEW kind of follow a pattern, and, and if you can pick apart the pattern pretty quickly, you kind of know where they're going with it. So I'm taking Christian as well.
1: All right, uh, next match here is Hangman Adam Page taking on Christian Cage. Back to back cages here. I'm going to go with Hangman getting the uh, victory.
0: Did you say Hangman Page against Christian Cage or Brian Cage?
1: Brian Cage. I'm sorry, Brian Cage.
0: Okay, there's there's cages and pages. Oh my! Um, I'm going to take Hangman also because he's kind of to me still the the future of AEW. I think he's maybe the most marketable guy. To your your blue collar southern fans, is if they pulls that off, so I'll take Hangman getting the win as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like AW is building towards a Hangman versus Omega match here at some point. I think Hangman's the guy that eventually defeats uh, Kenny Omega and wins the AW World Title. Uh, next match is Sting and Darby Allen taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Sting making his first in ring return since his match with Seth Rollins back in 2015, I want to say. So uh, I'm going to go with Sting and Darby Allen to win the tag team match.
0: Uh, this one's hard for me because they've, I mean, they've really been pushing Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Um, I think Ethan's a great talent and you can, but the problem is with Ethan, you already got an MJF and they're kind of similar in their characters. So I will take Sting and Darby getting the win because, uh, they gotta get some, uh, Darby's gotta get a win after losing the TNT championship. So Sting and Darby get the win.
1: Uh, next match here is Sakaro Sheeta defending the AW War- Women's World Championship against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to become the new AEW Women's World Championship, a way long overdue. Britt Baker, I feel like, has been the best talent in the women's division this entire time, so I'm going to go with Britt Baker, Dr. Trey.
0: She's arguably the only watchable woman in the women's division in AEW at times. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Britt Baker. Like, I mean, she has been great. Um, I think this title reigns ran about three months too long at least, uh, so it makes a lot of sense to put the belt on Britt. So uh, I'll go with uh, the doctor of medical dentistry uh, to get the win.
1: Next match is Cody Rhodes taking the American dream. Cody Rhodes taking on Anthony Gogo. I wanted to pick Anthony Ogogo in this match, Dr. Trey, because I think Cody likes to put young stars over, but I think he's just a little too green right now. So I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes getting this victory.
0: Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth, and, and the factory has kind of had the upper hand against Cody and his, and his family. Um, so I'll take Cody getting the win also, although, it, like you said, it wouldn't shock me if you know QT Marshall distracts Cody. There's that left-hand punch to the ribs slash kidneys, and, and, and Gogo gets the win, but on paper, this should this should be all Cody Rhodes.
1: Next match is Miro defending the AWTNG Championship against Lance Archer, unless he loses um, to that uh, other kid in top flight tomorrow night in AW Dynamite. Uh, with that said, I'm still going to take Miro defeating Lance Archer and retain the AWTNT Championship.
0: I, I'm with you on this one, but if Lance is a babyface, does he end up losing Jake Roberts? And, and that's what I'm kind of wondering. If this is maybe the end of that partnership, if you make Lance Archer go full babyface, you know, does he really need Jake Roberts out there with him? But I'll take Miro as well to get the win.
1: Next match, I think this is a very hard one to decide, Doctor Trey. It's the Stadium Stampede match. If the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. The Pinnacle taking on the Inner Circle. I went back and forth on this. Um, I was going to take the Inner Circle, and then I saw Fozzie came out with a summer tour date. We know Chris Jericho has uh, a broken, I believe, elbow uh, following his fall from the Blood and Guts match, like a legit broken elbow. And maybe it's time for the inner circle to break up. Uh, and this would bring in so much heel heat to the pinnacle. So uh, I'm going to take the pinnacle, defeating the inner circle in the stadium stampede match.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I've gone back and forth. And I'm not a huge fan of babyface stables because there's not a lot you can do with them because they can't jump people. They can't... They can only fight other staples. Um And I think Sammy could be a breakout star. Ortiz and Santana back into the tag division. Jake Hager can get a a singles run. You know, Hager versus Miro for the TNT title. I think there's a lot more stuff you can do if you break them apart than keep them together. So I will take the pinnacle uh, getting the win as well.
1: Uh, next match here is for the AW World Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks defending against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks retaining the tag team titles here, Doctor. I thought this was a close one as well to pick. I like Moxley and Kingston tagging with one other, but I'm going to go with the Young Bucks defeating Moxley and Kingston.
0: See, I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna go with Moxley and Kingston to create some more tension within the uh, ooh, the elite, the, the you know the, the that group with Omega, uh, if that's what we're calling them. I, I just think that you know when you have the Bucks and you have the Good Brothers in the same grouping, there needs to be some tension tease, tease between those two teams. So the Bucks losing the tag belts, then the Good Brothers can step up and say, "Well, that's why we're the best tag team." And then you get Good Brothers against Moxley and Kingston again. Uh, so, I'll take Moxley and Kingston getting the win. Plus, Eddie needs a belt. I love Eddie Kingston. That dude needs a belt.
1: He does need a belt, uh, certainly. And then, here in the main event, three way match for the AW World Championship Kenny Omega defense against Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, I, I think this is an easy one to call as much as I'm a big fan of both Cassidy and Pac, Dr. Trey. I'm going to go with Kenny Omega retaining the AW World title.
0: I'll go with Kenny retaining as well. Does this, does this where we get a, a Rich Swan or a Moose run in or something? From impact, cause Kenny's got all these belts. Do, do, can an impact guy show up on AEW uh, post match and at least challenge Kenny for the belts? Maybe it's Eddie Edwards. Who knows? Um, but I'm with you. I, I think Omega retains. I, I mean, those two guys are fantastic, but it is like playing. It's, it's it's like a major league pitcher facing AAA hitters on this one.
1: Wow. There you go, folks. That's a good way okay. to end it there. Um, that is our preview and predictions for AEW Double or Nothing. Let's get a couple of uh, sponsors and plugs out of the way as we wrap up this week's edition of the show. You could download this show every Thursday at theBowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the still real test show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You could follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Doctor Trey Franklin this week?
0: Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Doctor Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Doctor Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling as we are recovering from wrestling on four, uh, getting ready for our next show coming up June 5th. You can check us out there. Uh, you can check out the video from Wrestling on Four on that Facebook page and also the Facebook ba- Facebook page as well. Uh, so you guys can check out the entire show uh, and see my uh, horrible, horrible promo for the show. But then you can see my wife's in-ring debut as
1: well. Wow, you're really beating yourself up over your promo, huh?
0: I, I when I went back, like, I got done with it, and it, came back to the back, and everybody said it was great, and it got the crowd fired up, and then I watched it, and I'm like, I could have done better. I, but I, every time I see a promo of mine, I'm like, I could have done better.
1: Hard on yourself, Dr. Trey. Yeah. Hard on yourself. So, Uh, To everybody here in the United States, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, And for people like Dr. Trey and I who are old, I want you to keep this in mind. 25 years ago this evening, Scott Hall appeared on Monday Nitro. And the rest, they say, is history. Um, 20 years ago tonight. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Those famous words uttered by Scott Hall during a WCW match as he jumped over from WWE to WCW and then NWO was born. Uh, so have a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. For those of you not in the United States, uh, stay safe as well. Enjoy AW Double or Nothing on Sunday night. We'll be back with you next Thursday, uh, kicking off the month of June. We're right back into it on June 3rd. We'll recap and review AW Double or Nothing and a whole lot more. So until then, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Still Real Best Show.
0: Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Save by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy phase, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Save by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy phase, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.